Well, good morning, and glad you are here, and uh, I just uh, want to say a special welcome to you, and, and excited to be back, and, and I've had a couple weeks off here, so definitely excited to be back with you this morning, looking forward to, uh, to sharing with you, and, and uh, thank the Lord for a heater this morning, right? Uh, um, and so, um, just if you're a guest, I want to say a special welcome to you, whether in person or online. Thanks for joining us. We'd love to connect with you. You can go to our website or fill out the card in the few back that's in front of you. Uh, fill that information out. It's a chance for us to, to connect with you, know what's, uh, who, who's here and how we might be able to best serve you. And so, uh, thank you so much. want to make you aware of a few things that are coming up and happening. Uh, first of all, we've got our Wednesday nights back going. Um, and so, and our, uh, we, uh, our collegiate um, service will resume this week. And so all of our Wednesday night activities are back and happening. And so hope you'll make plans to join us. Next Sunday, I'm planning immediately following our morning worship service, planning to have our uh, Africa mission trip interest meeting, planning to go back to Africa this June. And so I've got the dates and, and so... Uh, this meeting isn't necessarily a commitment, hey, I'm going, although that won't be long from now, uh, getting those commitments, uh, but it's more of, hey, if you're interested, want to hear more information about it, uh, that's what that meeting will be for. So that'll be immediately following next Sunday morning service. Uh, so if you want to talk to me and, and ask questions, you can do that, um, but that'll be next week when we plan to do that. Uh, there's a wedding shower coming up two weeks from this Sunday. Uh, take notice of that. And then on February 4th, uh, me and we are kicking off a men's Bible study that I'm calling Man Up. And um, it's a six to seven weeks. It'll be on Sunday nights. And so uh, our first night will be February 4th. So let me encourage you, uh, all of you men, uh, young men, to come be a part of that. Invite other men to come. I'm lo really looking forward to that time uh, together. Um, and then finally, there's some other things I want you to see, more information on some of the things that I mentioned in your bulletin, so make sure to take note of that. But the last thing I want to mention to you is um, there's been a, uh, raised the possibility of us opening up our fellowship hall as a warming center the next couple of days. Uh, Steve Overton is here, and he's going to help facilitate that if, if we have some folks to help with that. We need people that would come and sit and just kind of help supervise, if you will, any folks um, that, that might come in for that. And so Steve Overton is here immediately following service. If you'll let him know, if you want to you wanna talk to him, find out more information, if you would like to help with that, uh, just providing a warming center in the next couple of days, uh, then, then go and, and visit with him and talk to him and he can get you more information, all right? And so a uh, lot, of, lot of things happening. Please take note of that in your bulletin, as always. Try to keep you informed that way. Uh, this morning, I want us to uh, have just a time of focused prayer. Uh, looking forward to uh, starting a new series that I'm calling uh, A Healthy Church. And I want to look at a passage of Scripture, and I'll talk more about that in, in just the next few weeks and, and talk about some marks of a healthy church. But this morning, uh, before we even get ready to... Uh, to, to sing and to worship together. Uh, it's always important for us to hit pause early in our service, and, and we want to pray and ask God's hand of favor, hand of blessing, that the Spirit of God would be here. Uh, but then also I know that life is busy. There's a lot of things, and even now, 
there's probably a lot of things of trying to get finished up, maybe before the weather comes in or whatever it is. And so our busyness of our mind um, sometimes distract, distracts us even from the moment uh, that we have here today. So I want to hit pause, allow us to, to focus our heart and our mind on the Lord, spend time in prayer, ask the Lord to meet with us, all of those things, okay? So if you will, if you'll just bow your head and close your eyes with me, and uh, will you just take a moment and just begin praying, praying, ask God to help you to focus, help you to have clarity. There's some things going on in your life you need to confess to Him. Just confess those now. Would you pray that God would be with us in this service this morning, that He'd speak to us? God in heaven, we love and adore you. We thank you for your grace and mercy. And God in heaven, I pray this morning that all that we say and do would bring honor and glory to your name. Lord Jesus, I pray uh, you'd help us to focus our hearts and our minds on you. I pray that we would worship you in spirit and in truth. And Lord Jesus, I, I, I just thank you for the cross and for salvation. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would move in this place. God, teach us, grow us, make us more like you. Lord, just thank you for your grace and mercy. God, you and you alone be glorified this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with us as we sing great things? Oh God, you have the great things. We've had 
conquer the grave. You free every captain and break every chain, oh God. You have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awake and alive. Oh Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high, oh God. You have done great things. You have done great things, oh God. You have done great things. You have done great things, oh God. You have done great things. He has done great things this morning, hasn't he? It's an incredible thing that when we think about our God, the maker of all the universe and how he looks into our lives and he desires for us to experience great things. Let's continue to sing about how great our God is. The splendor of the King And my heart will see how 
Hey 
virgin, my soul found a friend, so I'll run to the Father again and again and again and again. another great truth that this God of the universe he is such a wonderful loving father that no matter what has happened in your life that you can you can run to him and how that is made possible is because he sent his one and only son Jesus who became one of us and went to the cross and he died for us let's continue to praise the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as we look to Calvary
you have your Bible, and I hope that you do, would you turn to Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 41. Acts 2, verse 41, I want to preach to you a message that I have titled, A Healthy Church. Um, and it's really, you see in your notes there, I've said it's part one. It's three parts to this. I know we've been preaching through, I've been preaching through the Gospel of John. I took a couple weeks of a break there uh, due to Christmas time and, and certainly planning, Lord willing, to get back to the Gospel of John in chapter three. And we're going to continue our journey through that. And so um, rest assured, we're getting back to John, but, but really felt led of the Lord uh, last week or so to to settle down in Acts chapter 2, and, and there are six, I believe, six identifying marks uh, from Acts chapter 2. Um, <clears throat> the, the book of Acts is uh, this sequential uh, follow-up to what we see in the Gospels. In the Gospels, we see the life and ministry of Jesus. We see His mission. He's come. He's lived this life. He's lived this perfect life. And he has uh, uh, come to seek and to save the lost, Luke 19.10. And then Jesus dies on the cross. He's buried, raised from the grave. We see a little bit of Jesus post-resurrection. Then in the book of Acts, you pick up and early on this resurrected Jesus. But then the majority of the book of Acts is the disciples have been left with the mission, go and be a witness to the whole world. And as, as we unfold in the book of Acts, what we see is we see those discipling, uh, or excuse me, those disciples fulfilling that mission. Now they take a little bit of encouragement to get out of Jerusalem. The first few chapters we see them in Jerusalem. Unfortunately, they have to go into persecution. It drives them away. So then we see more of the advancement of the gospel and we see the establishment of the New Testament church. And so uh, this morning, what I want to do, I want to start this series and go, Acts chapter 2 pictures for us a healthy church. And if this is a healthy church, what is going on? What is happening 
What does that healthy church look like and what might we be able to learn from that and to make sure that Second Baptist, as best we can, is a healthy church? Now, let me address a couple things before we even jump into this. There's a really popular sort of phrase or statement that's happening right now. And, and if I can be honest with you, it is nails on a chalkboard for me, okay? Uh, you know, everybody's got Twitter and social media and everybody has all these quippy sayings and trying to be clever and all this sort of thing. But what you read oftentimes right now, uh, you'll read a comment about the building or the gathering is not the church. You individually are the church. It is nails on a chalkboard for me because it can't be more unscriptural. And let me tell you why. It's not that I think this building is Second Baptist Church. Because Lord forbid something happens to this building tonight. Second Baptist Church will still exist. We may have to meet under a new roof. We may have to gather in a new place, etc. But let me tell you this. You, as a born-again believer, are a child of God. But you individually are not the church. The church is the gathered group of believers serving the Lord Jesus for His glory is the church. And so we are the church this morning, and it's not about our location, it's not about this building, but it's because the people of God gather together for the glory of God, that's the church set for the mission of God. Now, when you and I leave here, we are on mission. Yes, we are to fulfill the mission and all those sorts of things. We're to go and be the hands and feet of Christ. We should go and serve the Lord and and, and be an extension of what our church is. Yes, you represent the church. You represent the Lord. But individually, I'm not the church. And that's part of a Western mindset. Most of the known world where believers are, they don't even have, that's not even a thought in their mind because in our Western mindset, we're so individualistic. But most of the known world is tribe-driven. They are group-driven. They're community-driven. And so I individually am not the church, but rather it's the gathered body of believers that is the church. And so as we talk about this, I want to talk to you. That's why I titled this, A Healthy Church, A Local Body of Believers. That's the church, all right? That's at least one of my pet peeves and soapboxes for this morning, okay? Just got it out from the jump, all right? So Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 41. If you find your place, will you stand with me in the honor of the reading of the Word of God? Acts chapter 2 and verse 41, the Word of God says, Then those who gladly received His Word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, and in fellowship, and the breaking of bread, and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles." Now all who believed were together and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continually, daily, with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Let's pray. 
Jesus, we love and adore you. We thank you for your grace and mercy. God in heaven, I pray that you would bless the preaching of your word. I pray you would fill me with your spirit. Give me every word to say, nothing more and nothing less. God, I pray that we would have ears to hear and a heart to receive and understand and a will to be obedient. God, you be glorified in this time together, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. This morning, I want to preach to you a healthy church, part one. And so if you're following along, taking notes of the main idea of the message this morning is this, a healthy church honors God and seeks to reach the lost. Now, let me, let me ask you this. As we just read this, it, it is parentheses. There's these parentheses. There's this bookends to the text that we read this morning. Notice verse 41 those who, were, uh, who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added. And then in verse 47, the very end, and the Lord added to the church daily those who are being saved. How many would agree with me this morning that you can't deny that the hand of God was on that church? Do you agree this morning? I know it's cold, but if you move a little bit, it'll help, okay? All right? Everybody all right? I know you weren't ready for that. It's my apologies, okay? Are you ready now, okay? Are you ready for the question, right? Uh, uh, how many would agree this morning that as you read that and read those bookends, that the hand and favor of God is upon that church, amen? Hey, you're quick learners this morning. I can work with that, all right? We can work with that, all right? Proud of you, okay? Um, I we can have fun this morning, right? It's okay. I know it's cold and you're mad about it. I get it. Uh, but we'll enjoy our time in here and the, the, the warmth and all that. But the hand and favor of God, it, it's evident. And so let me, let me ask you this, church. Why would we not look and go, uh, man, it seems the hand and favor of God is upon this church. Why would we not look and study and go, what is it? That, that church was doing, or who were they? What were some identifying marks about that church? Because how many this morning want to be a part of a church where the hand and favor of God is on it? I mean, yes, I, I want to do that. I want to see that. Man, don't you know we need healthy churches this morning? Don't you know all across our nation we need healthy churches? And I'm not trying to say we're not healthy. All I'm saying is the Word of God gives us some pictures this morning, gives us some clarity about where His his hand of favor is at. Let's look at that and go, man, can we line up with that? Because I want the hand and favor of God where I'm at. All right? And so the main idea is a healthy church honors God and seeks to reach the lost. There are six identifying marks. We're only going to go through two of them this morning, hence the three-part series, okay? Um, and so that's the main idea. The question then is this. Are you helping Second Baptist Church Russellville? Fulfill these two objectives. And some of us may need to ask, how are you helping fulfill those two objectives? Because although I said, yes, that I individually, you individually, are not the church, however, us collectively, we are the church. And the only way for the church to be the church is for the members to be who God has called us to be, to help fulfill the mission and purpose in which God has left for us. We, it just doesn't happen by osmosis. It doesn't just happen. And this is where the, 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 the language and the, the sayings and being quippy about it, this is kind of where it comes from, is it, it, 
just coming and gathering is insufficient. It leaves more to be done. It, there, there's more we have to focus on, the more we have to be aware of. It's not, and that's what uh, those that are saying that, that's what they're driving at, is it's not just about us gathering at 1045 on Sunday morning. It's more than that. It has to be more than that. And I, I believe that with all my heart, but it's us collectively that's the church serving the Lord together. So, healthy church honors God and, re, and seeks to reach the lost. How are you helping this church, this body of believers? Seek to fulfill those two objectives. All right, let's look at those two objectives. Number one, a healthy church exalts God in worship. A healthy church exalts God in worship. I think we see this in a couple different places in this text. Now, let me hit pause, and, and you may write this in the margin or, or somewhere around your Bible, or you may write this at the top of your notes, okay? This text is descriptive, not prescriptive. This text is descriptive, not prescriptive. What do I mean by that? Prescriptive, you get a prescription, and it tells you what you are to take, when you are to take it. It gives specific directions. Rather, a description tells you what's happening. And that's important this morning that this is a descriptive text. This is telling us what the church is doing and we ought to learn from, but it's not prescriptive in the sense that you have to do it this way at this time and all that sort of thing. Does that make sense? And so this morning we're going to see this and we are learning some things. There's six identifying marks that are descriptive of this church, but there are not some very specific prescription that you have to do it this way. Okay, I hope that'll make sense as we go through uh, the, the series together. So a healthy church exalts God in worship. Notice verse 43. Then fear came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. If you mark or underline your Bible, highlight, mark, underline, fear. The term there is phobos. It's where we get phobia. Does anybody have any phobias? Some have phobias of small spaces, phobias of spiders, phobias of whatever the case is, but this is where we get that term, fear. Now, in this context and what is happening here, I don't believe what, what uh, Luke is describing here is that there's this phobia of God, right? Because the way we use the word phobia, it's meaning we've got to avoid at all costs, but it also can mean a sense of awe, a sense of reverence, a uh, an overwhelming, he is God and I am not. And so here's what's interesting for some of you. You might have read this objective number one, a healthy church exalts God in worship. And then you were expecting me to read about some sort of singing. And I'm going to point to that in just a moment where I think I see that in the text. But don't you know this morning that worship is not less than, but it is more than just singing. Like, we've tried to change the language a little bit where just a few moments ago, um, uh, 
this moment of singing about, hey, this is the time of worship. No, this, this, is, this is the singing portion of our worship. Hopefully, Lord willing, the whole thing is a worship service. My hope and prayer is that when we pray, it is in a sense of worship. That when we sing, it's in the sense of worship. My hope and prayer is that when I preach, it is an, it is an activity, it is a, it is a demonstration of worship. That as you sit under the preaching and the teaching of Word of God, that it's a demonstration of worship. As we respond and get on the altar or we pray in our pew, that it's a demonstration of worship. That He's worthy. He's calling us to action. As we leave and we give, that is a demonstration of worship. And so... Worship is not less than singing. It, 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 singing ought to be worship, but it is so much more than as well. That we can't just limit our worship to songs and music and instruments. I know that's an important part. Don't hear me say that is not important. I'm just saying worship, that is a piece of the pie of worship. It is not the whole pie. Okay? And so, that's where I see in verse 43, this fear, this sense of awe was upon them. They were in awe of who God is. It drove them to everything that they did. It inspired every aspect of what they were doing, that they were meeting needs. They were serving the Lord. They were telling others about Christ. They were spending time in prayer. They were loving each other. It was all because they had this awe of who God is. Remember, some of them had just spent years with Jesus. They see Him crucified as an innocent man die and he is raised from the dead and he spends 40 days with them and then he ascends to, to heaven and he's left them with mission to go and tell the lost world about Christ. They run back to Jerusalem, they get on their face and they're begging God and God shows up and God inspires Peter and he stands up with the boldness of the gospel and man, God begins to work and so you better believe, verse 43, fear came upon them. And they're in awe of what God is doing. They realize they're just fishermen and tax collectors. They realize they're just everyday people. And God is doing something incredible among them. And they are in worship. They are in awe of who He is. In every aspect of our lives. Ought to lead us to worship God. And listen to me, church, everything we do ought to lead us, ought to drive us to worship God. We ought to do it in a way that brings honor and glory to God. Everything that we do, and the singing ought to, it ought to glorify God, the preaching ought to glorify God, the giving ought to glorify God, our kids' ministry ought to glorify God. Our college ministry, our youth ministry, our senior adult ministry, all those, every aspect of what we do, we ought to do for the glory of God. Church, listen to me, lean in. Let me have your eyes just real quickly. If we don't get this one right, the rest of it won't matter. This is the umbrella that shelters everything and makes sure all the other five objectives are healthy are good and in right and in order. This is the umbrella. This is the overarching important idea that everything we do as a church must seek to glorify God. It better not and it cannot seek to glorify me.
It cannot, it better not seek to glorify any of our staff. It cannot, it, it must not seek to glorify any person or groups of people in our church. We are not here for that. It's His church for His glory and His name's sake. They had a sense of all of who God really is. We see the importance of this. Matthew 22, verse 36 and 37. Jesus was asked, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. He's the one that matters. He's the one everything must point to. Luke 7, 16 speaks to this idea of fear. Fear came upon all. And what happened? They glorify God saying, A great prophet prophet has risen up among us and God has visited his people. That's what a reverential awe of God is. Is seeing the hand and activity and being overwhelmed that God, you would do that among your people. think it's important for us to start with this because here's what we need to be reminded of I'm, I'm about to talk about the singing part we need to be reminded that it's all about him and not about us and so we see in verse 43 fear came upon every soul every single one and then skip on skip on down to verse 47 and then here it is, look at the first part, praising God and having favor with all the people. Mark underlined praising God. I believe that's the, that, that points to the, more of the singing and the testimony, more of what we associate with. Now again, it encompasses much more of that. I believe in the context of where we're at, this, this points to the, their singing together. They were giving testimony to one another, going, man, let me tell you how, what God did, what I saw in, in so-and-so's life. And they're testifying, they're singing, they're worshiping, they are praising God for all that He is, all that He's done. Why is this so important? I don't think it is any coincidence that our church or so many churches, probably, I don't know of a church, I'm sure there maybe has been, I don't know of a church that isn't very old at least in terms of how long they've been in existence, hasn't had some sort of conflict over worship, over singing, over songs or music. I don't think that's by accident. Because when I read about the attacks of the enemy and I read about what the enemy seeks to do, rarely, I do not read anything where the enemy is not strategic in attacking. But rather, he is very strategic. Obviously, the enemy music was a part of who he was and, and, and what he did. And so, I, I think it's vital. I think if it's, it, it's important that we understand 
that there's reason, there's cause why so many churches go through issues and attacks over music or music style or, or how many or how few or, or whatever the case is. It's not by accident because the enemy hates the church. And if we're saying that exalting God is the crux of who we are, that it must be the foundation of everything that we do, it's the umbrella that protects and makes sure everything else is healthy, he would absolutely attack that. And yes, singing and worship, I'm not backing off of this, the singing a part of worship is a, is a piece of the pie, but it's still a piece of the pie and he seeks to, to, to bring division, to cause uh, man heartache and heart pain, all those sorts of things there. And what happens is somehow he gets us to a place where we think it's about us and then we begin trying to defend, trying to take hold of, trying to lock arms and, and, and get all bent out of shape about what we think is about us. And friends, can I remind us this morning, Lord willing, by God's grace, we did not gather together this morning for it to be about us. Because I love you in Jesus' name, but that's a really not a great gathering. <laughs> but man, if we gather together this morning, because it's all about God. And He is worthy of our praise. And He is worthy of our worship. May we keep Him the center. May we keep Him the focus. May we honor Him in all that we say and do. And that means young and old, men and women, boys and girls, we're going to sing or we're going to uh, have moments where there's things that are sung that we aren't our favorite. Now, it, it, it's a piece of the pie. It's not the whole pie, but it is a piece of the pie. But what we've got to seek to do is make sure whatever we do glorifies the Lord Jesus. And it makes much of Him. And it is God-honoring. And when it ceases to be God-honoring, that's when we have major problems. That's when we have issue. Remember Matthew 22, 36, 37. Teacher, what's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. They were praising God. I don't know what they were singing. And to be honest with you, even if I had it in front of me, I could not sing it for more than one reason. Not just because I can't sing, thank you, I hear you. But also because of the language that it was in. I realize that and things are important to us and they, they mean a lot to us. But ultimately, where we have to fall on these issues, is it God-honoring? Is it Christ exalting? Not just in our singing, but in our testimony, in our preaching, in our serving, in our Wednesday. Not every aspect of our church has to be God-honoring, Christ exalting. And so the question begs then, how are you helping? How are you a part of fulfilling that objective to make sure that everything that we do and the way that you're serving in our church, 
Many of you do serve, and I'm so grateful. How is it that the way that you serve our church, you make sure we stay focused on keeping the main thing, the main thing, that God is to be honored. And if you're not serving, you need to ask this morning, where is it God wants me to serve? How is it He wants me to plug in? What is it that I can do to serve and be a part that I can assure you there is something that everybody in this room can be a part of to help serve our church. If God's given you breath in your lungs, He's not done with you. He's not finished with you. How is it that you're serving Him? And so, objective one, a healthy church exalts God in worship. Before I get to objective two, here's what I'm going to do the next couple weeks. I'm going to hit pause for just a moment. Um, and I want to give you a, a section of what I've called keys to win. And the only thing I'm doing here is I just want to give you some practical, uh, some, some just nuggets of truth and helpful uh, tips and tidbits, if you will, of how even we can engage more, how to, uh, man, our church will be healthier, stronger, all those sorts of things. I don't want to take a real long time. Here's, here, here's kind of uh, a little bit of why I named it this way. Um, you know that I, I get the opportunity to, to work with a few of the teams, one of those being the basketball team. And one thing Coach Downey does, he has all this list of all these play calls of this team and, and that we're about to play and and all the play calls and the baseline out of bounds plays and the sideline plays and he's got the roster and all the tendencies all this stuff and man just information after information after information. last thing we do next to the last thing before we do before we walk out he always writes on the board keys to win and it's four or five things that he's trying to help the team focus in on go you do these things today and you're going to win. Rebound the basketball, play hard, hustle, you know, whatever it is. And so list those things. So this morning, in the next couple of weeks, I just want to give you, we're going to hit Paul's right in the middle of our two objectives and walk through. I'm going to give you some keys to win, okay? All right, so number one is, the, and they're not in your notes, so I want to write these down, put them somewhere, uh, just share a few things, okay? And I'm going to try not to preach them, okay? But I'm, I'm going to just try to give them to you, all right? First one is this, and I know this is going to make me unpopular this morning, so go ahead. Number one, bring, your, bring a physical Bible to church with you. Let me, let me help you with a few reasons why, okay? Hey, I, most of you know this. Look, I'm a technology guy, okay? All right? Uh, don't worry, this is on airplane mode, okay? So everybody calm down, all right? So and don't, be, don't be trying to be funny and text me right now, all right? It's on airplane mode, all right? It's two different reactions there, right? But then my iPad and my... And, careful it's on airplane mode too um, but it has my notes and it has more what's in there okay so I, i'm a technology guy but let me tell you this if i just take my phone into worship and i don't have my bible um a lot of times when i go i'll, I'll take both because i'm a note taker all that i've shared that with you so i, I take notes on my ipad sometimes or whatever but i usually try to carry my physical bible well let me tell you here, here's the temptation that i have that if i, I understand You've got 7 million translations on this thing, and it's easy, accessible, all that sort of thing. And I, I'm not saying you're wrong if you use your phone. It's just my encouragement to you, okay? Is the, important, the, the value of bringing the Bible, a physical copy of the Bible, you can take notes, you can highlight, all that sort of thing. It also as much as avoiding the temptation of this, because it is easy to just swipe 
and being an app, being a social media app, being something else. It's easy to swipe and text somebody. It's easy to swipe and scroll. It's easy to whatever the case is. And I, 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 it's a temptation. And the enemy wants to do anything he can to distract you. Um, bringing your Bible will help you learn the books of the Bible. It'll help you figure out where books are. It'll help you engage. It'll help you take all those sorts of things. Now listen, again, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying you're a bad Christian if you bring your phone, okay? Or you bring a tablet and, and follow along, whatever the case is. But I really do believe it is of good value and it will help most folks to bring a physical copy of the Word to man be engaged with, to learn, to grow, and spend time in that Word um, and, and, and be engaged. Um, now again, I understand a lot of translations and just because you see somebody scrolling or whatever it is, sometimes they're looking up keywords or they're checking my Greek or whatever it is. I, I get that. Um, but I, I think there's value there, okay? All right. I know. I'm, I've, I've just lost you now. Now it doesn't matter what else I say. Um, the second one, be engaged during singing. Notice I did not say sing, okay? Be engaged. Because I realize sometimes maybe... Vocally or whatever the case is, there, there's re all sorts of different reasons for different things. I didn't say stand. Now, <clears throat> do I think, personally, that standing and singing helps you engage better? Helps you? Yes, I do. And I, I realize, again, back to a moment ago, sometimes we sing things that you don't know very well or, or I don't know particularly well or whatever it is. We try to be careful how we introduce new songs, all that sort of thing. But let me tell you this. I, I, can, I can ensure you this. It will take you much longer to hear, to learn a song that you don't engage with than it will if you do engage. And try to sing along. Try to be engaged. Try to at least think about the lyrics and what we're saying. Hey, listen, I, I don't particularly care if you sit down and sing or you stand up and sing, or you stand on one leg, or whatever the case is. I know sometimes age and, and health, it, it makes it difficult. We sing multiple songs in a row. Now, do we sing better when we stand up? Yeah, that's why when you go listen to a choir, they're not seated, they're standing up. It's easier to project, it's easier to engage, all those sorts of things. I'm just encouraging you, whether it's your favorite song that you've heard, or whether it's a song you've heard a million times and it's not your favorite, or whatever the case is, do your best to engage in the singing. And here, here's one reason why. It's not about you, it's about Him. But also, whenever I am engaged, you know what it does? It, it, hopefully, it encourages somebody else to be engaged. But whenever I'm sitting back and not willing to sing, and I, I'm just... It, it's tempting for the other person to do the same. So when we sing together, we're engaged together, when we're we're, we're committed to it. It encourages others, okay? So bring your Bible, be engaged during singing. And then here's the third one, okay? It's a little bit less heavy, all right? All right? Three rules to engagement. Uh, three rules to engagement. This is not original to me. Some of you have seen it floating around social media for a while. Uh, but there, here's the three rules. Number one, a person alone is an emergency, all right? Now, listen, I realize we got some people sitting by themselves this morning, all that sort of thing. Uh, I, I'm not their person for a plea of help or whatever it is. But when we come and engage in worship, I think it's important for us to be mindful. Now, um, I can do this because John, Jonathan loves to be 
uh, uncomfortable and all that sort of thing. What I'm, I'm not saying this, okay? So when, man, I see Jonathan's alone and go, hey, bud, how you doing? You know, if I don't, especially if I don't know him, look, some of them are uncomfortable. Here's what I like about Jonathan. Jonathan's not uncomfortable at all. So he, he's comfortable with his personal space and all that. And, and I'm, I'm not as uncomfortable as I used to be. Um, I, but we can come and be a friend, right? Go, hey, glad you're here. I'm not going to sit right on top of him if I don't know him. I'm going to give him some space, you know, whatever. But I, I just want him to know he is seen. He matters. We're glad he's here. And I know some of you, boy, I can hear your thoughts going right now. I'll sit with him, Pastor, if he'll sit on the pew I've sat on for the last 20 years. (laughs) Right? Don't you ask me to sit somewhere else. You can ask me to do a lot of things, preacher, but don't get me to sit anywhere else. I I hear you. I understand. But can I encourage you, these three rules of engagement, a person sitting alone is an emergency. And obviously, that's overstated. I realize that. But I just wonder sometimes we come in and man, somebody sit by themselves. Let's go and just sit with them. Be friendly. And you don't have to, again, invade their personal space, but to sit close enough, engage. Hey, we're glad you're here. Thanks for being here. And just sit near and just try to be a friend. That's it, okay? Second rule is, uh, this is more of after the service, somewhat before, friends can wait. What do I mean by that? Here's what happens, man. We're engaged in worship, and I get it here in a few minutes whenever I... Get toward the end, you're going to pack your Bible up before we get to the invitation, right? <laughs> you're going to pack your Bible up, put your notes up, and get everything ready, and you're ready to, whew, uh, to go talk to somebody or to leave or whatever the case is. Um, let me encourage you this way. Give five minutes after the service. Maybe, and go talk to somebody if they're a guest. Uh, if they're a guest, just go, hey, introduce yourself, glad you're here, whatever it is. Uh, go, go visit one of our church members you don't normally get a chance to see or visit with. Make it a point, go a minute, I'm going to go talk to somebody different every week after the service. I know what the temptation is, is we tend to sit around our people, our close group, and we get done, we stand right and turn right around, and we spend time in our little niche that's around us, or we hit the door real quick. I want to encourage you to do this, man, somebody sitting alone is an emergency then secondly, principal friends can wait. You're, those people that are sitting close to you, for the most part, you're probably going to talk to them on the phone, you can go to their house, you're going to text with them, whatever it is. You're, they know you love them, you know they love you, you're going to get time with them, and go talk with somebody else. Spend five minutes after service and go just visit somebody, check on them. I mean, some, some of you sitting in here have no idea, you've been coming to church, some, I know y'all are going to love this, there's some people sitting over here, over here, over here, They've been coming for years, and you don't even know who each other are. And I, I'm, not, I'm not mad at you about that. Don't, don't hear me. Don't understand that. I understand that once you, a church gets to a certain size, it's hard to have close friendships with everybody. That's just reality. That's the, that's the misunderstanding about people. Well, I don't go to a big church because I don't know everybody. Well, we're not necessarily a big church, but you don't know everybody here. And so I want to encourage you, take a few minutes afterwards every Sunday, okay, now, we're going to be a lot of awkward conversations today, right? Because everybody's going to see watching. I'm not taking notes. I'm going out there, okay? Now, if you get to the door too quick. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I know there are things you got to get home, all right? All right? Uh, then three, introduce a newcomer to somebody else. Somebody visits, and you go and invade their per- Well, don't invade their personal space, right? I go, and I meet Jonathan, and, and you know, whatever the case is. I get done. I'm going to turn around and go, hey, Jonathan, I'd love to meet, uh, for you to meet Ashton. And... 
comes to our church, blah, 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 whatever it is. And it's just a way to be friendly and inviting and engaging, okay? All right, is everybody good and uncomfortable? I've offended everybody. I tried to do my best, all right? So keys to win. Bring your Bible. Be engaged during singing, during the singing part of our service. Hopefully you're engaged the whole service, but you know what I mean. All right, and then the three rules of engagement. Somebody sitting alone is an emergency. Friends can wait and then introduce a newcomer to someone else. And I know those of you that are introverts, the three rules of engagement, that just blood pressure went up. So, all right, uh, number one, a healthy church, evan- uh, excuse me, uh, exalts God, worships God uh, in all that we do. Number two, a healthy church evangelizes the laws. Evangelizes the laws. Look at verses uh, 41 uh, and then we'll look at verse 47. Look at verse 41. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And in verse 47, praising God and having favor with all people, and the Lord added to the church daily those who are being saved. Daily those who are being saved. I don't have time to preach this whole thing. Let me just give you the highlights, all right? Uh, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Go and preach the gospel to everybody. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Mark said, go and preach the gospel to every creature. That is the mission of our church. I gave you Luke 19, 10 earlier. Jesus said, uh, I came to seek and to save the lost. We see this continue throughout the book of Acts, Acts 5.14, and believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. Acts 16.5, so the church churches were strengthened in the faith and increased in number daily. By the way, I don't believe you read about a New Testament church that is healthy, that's not reaching people for Jesus. When we get our exaltation of God, our worship of God, that He is supreme in all that we do, when we get that right, and we have an undying commitment to go and reach a lost and dying world, man, I I think we're well on our way to being a healthy church. Hey, listen, I've been accused of being too evangelistic. I've been accused of focusing on particular groups because we're trying to reach them. And let me tell you this. Our church, by God's grace, will be incredibly focused on reaching lost people. We need to be focused on reaching kids. Can I just tell you this, and I, I, something that grieves my heart that I have to examine, what am I doing, how, we need to pray that God will help us reach more kids. We're not reaching enough children. Children are the most likely group to come to faith in Christ. The numbers are staggering. Once a kid gets to 12 years old, then gets to 18 years old, then gets to 21, it is unbelievable the unlikelihood that an adult, the percentage that an adult comes to faith in Christ. Now listen, I'm not limiting to the activity of the Holy Spirit to a percentage, but I'm just telling you it is less likely to reach a 30-year-old person or older than, an, than you are to reach a 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 14-year-old student. And so why would we not 
be focused on the most likely groups to come to faith in Christ. Now here's the deal. I hope that you know and understand that our church, it doesn't matter who walks through the door, what age, ethnicity, how many times they've been in church, how many times they haven't been, I don't care. We all have the same need, and that's the hope of the gospel. And I'll share the gospel with anybody that has breath in their lungs, how young or old. But friends, we have a mission to exalt Jesus in everything that we do and go and tell a lost and dying world. That's why we exist. That's it. All the other things that we do are to strengthen those two things. All the other objectives, the, 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 the things we're going to talk about are to strengthen that, that we may exalt God more and be more equipped to go reach a lost and dying world. These are the two that our church must hang on. We're going to look at the other four, and we're going to talk about those and, and strengthen those. But man, these are the pillars of what our church must be about. So let's pray that we'll exalt God in everything that we do. And that our church in 2024 will be more committed to reaching a lost and dying world with the hope of the gospel. Amen? If you've never surrendered your heart and life to Jesus, the Bible says today is a day of salvation. Won't you give your heart and life to Him? And do it today. And then let's end with this question. How are you helping our church fulfill these two objectives? How is it that your, your coming, your being involved, your being here is helping to exalt God in everything that we do and how is it that your being here, your being involved, is helping us to reach a lost and dying world? And if you don't have a good answer for those, that question, pray that God will make it clear how He wants you to be a part of. It's not if, it's how. It's not when, it's right now. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. We need to honor Him in all that we do. We need to tell as many people as we can about Jesus. We're going to have a time of invitation, a time of response. And uh, we're going to, a little bit different this morning, we're going to play a soft uh, track this morning, and, and I'm going to pray for us, and we're going to play that and just have a time of reflection, a time of response. If you want to come to the front and pray, you come and pray. Say, Pastor Chris, I need to be saved. You come. Say, Pastor Chris, I need to be saved. Repent of your sins. Place your faith and trust in Him. And I pray we're going to have a few moments just to respond to Him. Jesus, You're good. And there's none like You. And God, I pray that in everything that we say and do, it would be glorifying to You. God, I pray You'd burden us over making sure that You are exalted in all things. And God, I pray this morning that You'd break our heart over lostness. That we would tell more about who You are and what You've done. Lord Jesus, you're good, and there's none like you, I pray in Jesus' name. You just remain in the attitude of prayer. If God's dealing with your heart about something, you can come and pray. Need somebody to pray with you, I'd love to pray with you. And um, whatever God's doing, you be obedient to Him.
Lord, you're good and gracious and kind and just thank you for all that you are and all that you do. I pray this morning that God, you'd help us to leave this place ever more committed to what you've called us to do, who you've called us to be. God, I pray that you give us grace to just die to self, love you more, serve you. Just thank you so much for all that you are and all that you do. Lord, we love you and we praise you. We thank you for all things. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, amen. Well, thank you so much for being here. Um, let me mention, if you'll pray for um, Kaylin Melton. Um, you may have saw the prayer chain went out yesterday. Um, she is uh, Baptist in Conway. Um, thinking it's a kidney infection, but she's been in the hospital, so that's why uh, Matt had to slide out a little early. Uh, so anyway, so be praying for uh, Kaylin and, and uh, their family and, and, and just be praying for them. I uh, do have an opportunity to give as we leave today, so I want to encourage you to do that and, and uh, be mindful of that. Um, be praying that the Lord will be with our finances and bless those and, and uh, praying that we have a good year in, in 2024, um, that we may use it for God's glory and God's name uh, to advance His kingdom. Um, don't forget, we're, um, if you're interested in, and might want to help with the warming center, uh, in the, doing the warming, warming center in the fellowship hall this week, you can visit with Steve Overton and uh, talk to him about that. Let him know that you'd like to help with that. Um, so visit with him immediately following service. Well, after your five, no, you can include him. He's, he's, uh, uh anyway, uh, but your keys to win, right? So. Uh, let me pray for us, and then we will be dismissed. God in heaven, thank you for your grace and mercy. Lord Jesus, we love and adore you. We thank you for all that you are and all that you do. Lord, I pray as we give today, we would give in a way that brings glory to the name of Jesus. Um, Lord, help us to be obedient to the mission you've called us to. Go before us and behind us. Help us to be a witness for you. Pray your hedge of protection around us during this weather. Lord, we lift up Kaylin to you and pray that you'd touch her and and uh, just be with them, their family. Just thank you for all that you are and all that you do. I pray in Jesus' name, amen.